Episode 8, Chapters 21 through 24 of Half a Chance by Cynthia Lord. This recording is made with permission by Scholastic. Chapter 21 Beyond Reach. As Dad and I looked through the portfolio entries on his computer, I sat on our living room couch across from him and pretended to read a brochure on rare Arizona plants that he'd brought back from his trip. But my mind was too full of my own words. Skip. Journey. Lost. Hmm, Dad murmured. He couldn't be looking at my portfolio. When he saw the photo of Grandma Lila, He wouldn't just say, hmm. He'd start talking and talking like he does when he sees a photo that's so good he wishes he'd taken it. Every moment that didn't happen, I felt like I was being put in my place. And it wasn't first. Bailey was at the top of the list of names. Surely he'd seen my photos by now. It hurt inside my chest. Maybe I should have tried harder, but even as I thought that, I knew I'd done my best. Maybe the answer was no, not good enough, not you. Okay, Dad said, I've chosen. One portfolio stood out. It was an easy choice. My throat was so tight that I could barely ask, who won? Um, let's see. I picked Lucas from Oklahoma, Dad said. He has a good eye. Okay, Lucy, now you look at the portfolios and tell me which one you would have picked. Dad brought me his laptop. On the screen was a photo of a barbed wire fence against a storm-threatened sky. On the other side of the fence stretched a blurred, flat prairie. But in the foreground, in sharp focus, were a few bursts of barbed wire prickles. And holding the wire was an older man's dirty, weathered hand, every wrinkle of his knuckles showing. The top third of the photo was empty, just gray-green sky with one lonely, miserable line of barbed wire cutting through it. It felt like there was nowhere to go. Even if you looked up, there was a line of prickled wire made me feel even more trapped. Is this one of the winner's photos? I asked quietly. Dad nodded. This is beyond reach. That was the hard one, because how do you show reach in a photo? The photo is just a second of time, and Lucas showed it with just one lonely hand. It would have been easy for him just to shoot the fence, but the hand brings the story. It's great that he thought of that. All the other kids just did things that were far away. I put my camera back in my pocket thinking of my photo of the mountains. But aren't far away things beyond reach? Yeah, but beyond reach means you want to reach something. It's more than far away. There's an absence, missing something you can't have. There's nothing missing in the other photos. 
They're beautiful, but they don't make me think about wanting what I can't have. Lucas's shot beyond reach and all the other pictures are scenic views. That's all. That's all. Two little words as full of prickles as the barbed wire in the photo on Dad's screen. And the worst part was I knew he was right. I wanted so badly to win, but even I would have chosen this photo over mine. I didn't want to see any more of that boy's photos. Dad moved to the next one. This is at the crossroads. It was a black and white photo of a railway station but Lucas must have sat or lay on the railroad tracks to take the photo because the perspective was low and the tracks loomed huge in the foreground with an industrial looking building and electrical wires and telephone poles softly blurred in the background. It was a smart choice to shoot this in black and white, Dad said. What's great here are the different tones and textures that the black and white shows. And there's a good balance between the white and the black, the things you want highlighted, like the tops of the train tracks stand out because they are the whitest white. I wasn't sure I understood, but I tried to take it in. I didn't think of using black and white, I said, but then quickly added, I mean, I wouldn't think of using it. Dad didn't notice my slip up though. He was so into the photo. It's not a perfect photo, Dad said. The background is too bright. It should be darker because the photo is about the tracks, but the brightness of the background leads your eye up there. You want to figure it out, but you can't because it's blurry. So he makes you look there, but there's no real play payoff. If he had made this darker, it would have been a better photo. I almost want to open up my photo editing program and fix it because it's a good image, but it could be great. Are all his other photos as good as these? I asked. Most are, he said. Not every photo can be amazing, but he had several photos that took my breath away. Most of the other portfolios are good, but they're safe. Of course, that's what I would expect from kids. It's hard to... Then I would choose him too, I said flatly, wanting it to be over. You don't want to see the others? Dad asked. I shook my head. I needed some time to feel bad. There would be no prize money, no showing dad my talent, no way to take grandma Lila out to see the loons. Summer would just end. Okay then, give me a few minutes here. I need to get my equipment out of the car and send a few things to Marjorie. Then maybe we can go see the loons. I'm sure they're gone now, I said. Heading upstairs to my room, I heard him open the front porch door. Hello, beautiful day today, he called to someone. Didn't realize the trouble until I glanced out my window to see Nate and Grandma Lila in their yard. And to my horror, Grandma Lila started walking right over to Dad as he took his suitcase out of our car. Wait, he can't meet her up close yet. What if he recognizes her? I ran down the stairs, but as I got to the front porch, Dad, Nate, and Grandma Lila were already talking. Such a lovely girl, our Lucy of the Loons, Grandma said as I rushed up beside Dad. He grinned. Lucy has really enjoyed your family. 
It's time for Loon Patrol, Grandma Lila said. We've already done it today, Nate said. The loons were down near the point. And the babies, she asked. They're getting big, Nate said. I must write that down, she said, turning for her house. Nate sighed. Sorry, she's mixed up today. She's having a hard time remembering things. It's nice to meet you, Mr. Emery. Remembering things? Dad's forehead tensed. Nate, are you a photographer? My mouth was completely dry as Nate looked at me. I shook my head at him, but Dad said, Nate Bailey? From the kids' photography contest, right? Sorry you didn't win, Nate, I said quickly. Some kid from Oklahoma did. Lucy, you're not supposed to tell him. Margie will be mad at me, Dad left. So this is why you were so interested in the contest entries, Lucy. I didn't know what to say, but Dad had already turned back to Nate. I probably shouldn't say anything, but you're runner-up, Dad told him. When I started reviewing the portfolios, I didn't expect to see a photo I'd wished I'd taken myself, but I felt that way about one of yours, Nate. In fact, I awarded it best photo. It's a brave image. Brave? Nate asked. Dad inclined his head towards Grandma Lila on the porch looking for the clipboard. The photo for Lost showing your grandmother, Dad said quietly. It stays with me. A good photo can do that. It can make someone care. Nate's eyes flashed to mine. You used it after what I said? My throat felt so full, I could barely talk. I wanted to, but Nate turned and ran away from me. He stormed past Grandma Lila, looking for her clipboard on the porch and into their cottage, slamming the screen door behind him. What was that about? Dad asked. I have something to tell you, I said slowly. I wasn't used to making such big mistakes. Those photos weren't really Nate's. I mean, he helped, but he didn't actually take them. So who shot the photos? Dad asked. I couldn't believe he didn't see it. I looked into his eyes. Me, I said. Chapter 22 At the Crossroads At home, Dad had barely touched the sandwich Mom had set on the table in front of him. Lucy, why did you do this? he asked. Now there are only nine finalists, and Marjorie will have to go back through all the portfolios and choose another one. But why? If my photo won, then I can't choose you as a runner-up. People will think I picked you because you're my daughter. Couldn't help the tears in my eyes, but inside was really mad too. He was upset with me because it might make him look bad. 
I'm a finalist because my photos were good enough, I said flatly, but you wouldn't have seen that if my name was on them. Dad stared. So you did this to prove something to me? Maybe at first I wanted that a little, but there's something I want even more now. I feel a tear crawling down the side of my nose, but I left it there. I want to win the prize money to rent a pontoon boat to get Grandma Lila out to see the loons. A pontoon boat? Mom asked. Because motorized crafts cost too much, I said, and she can't climb into a regular boat or a kayak, so all she can do is watch the loons from the dock, and they don't swim over to our side of the lake a lot because of all the people. Maybe this is Grandma Lila's last summer here. Now that I had said it out loud, it sounded ridiculous. How could renting a pontoon boat ever make a difference? Grandma Lila's problems were bigger, more impossible than that. Oh, Lucy, Mom said quietly, you can't do the wrong thing, even for the right reasons. Dad sighed. I love that you care so much about the family next door. Maybe next summer we can. No, I said. You always promise me things for later. Maybe this time there aren't any more chances. I took a deep breath and I looked right at him. <sighs> it's the magazine's contest. They should decide if it's okay. Dad dropped his head back to stare at the ceiling. You're putting me in a hard position, Lucy. If Marjorie says yes... That photo will go in the magazine, Mom said. That may not be the kind of attention the Baileys want to have, Lucy. If Marjorie agrees to this, you have to ask Grandma Lila and her family and let them decide. I hadn't thought about how public winning could be. I looked out the window to our driveway. Could I go to the Baileys and tell them? Nate was already mad at me. What would the rest of them think when they saw the photo? Would it hurt them to see it? They had been so nice to me all summer. But the runner-up prize was enough money for a whole day's rental of a pontoon boat. It felt even worse to think of the Baileys leaving when I hadn't even tried. Ask Marjorie, I said. While you call her, I'll have something I need to finish. Good afternoon, Grandma Lila said from her porch chair. You just missed Nate. Come inside, Grandma Lila, I heard Nate yell from inside the cottage. Oh, there you are, Nate. We have company, Grandma Lila called to him. Lucy and her dad are here. Standing on her cottage porch holding my scrapbook, I wanted to cry, but I knew it would worry her. I came to see you, Grandma Lila, but first I have to give Nate something. I'll be right back, okay? Dad leaned against the porch railing and started talking about how beautiful the lake looked and how nice it was to be home. Inside the cottage, I couldn't even look at Nate on the couch by himself. I made this scrapbook for Grandma Lila, I said quietly, so she wouldn't have any chance of hearing me out on the porch. I put in some of my photos from the contest, but also a lot of the regular photos I took this summer. I thought she might like to have them. I 
held the scrapbook out to him, but Nate didn't take it. Megan said it was okay for me to use the photos she took of the loon babies too. His eyes opened a little wider. He was probably surprised by that, not as shocked as Megan had looked to find me on her cottage steps yesterday. She had crossed her arms over her stomach. Maybe she thought I was bragging as I told her my idea about the scrapbook. Then I said, and I wanted to ask you if I could make copies of the photos you took of the two babies. I don't have any good close-ups of the two little loons together and you took some great ones. Megan's mouth had dropped open, but when she came back with her camera, she said, I'm sorry I deleted your photos. The first one was an accident. Then I kept going. I nodded. I'm sorry we had a bad start this year. Well, there's always next year, she said, and I saw a little bit of friendliness in her eyes. Yeah, I said. But standing in Nate's cottage, I could hear Grandma Lila out on the porch laughing at something Dad had said, and I knew that next year might be really different in some ways. You can decide when to give it to her, okay? I don't want to mess things up like I did at the cookout. I left it on the little table near the door. Whenever you think is good. Out on the porch, I sucked my bottom lip, waiting for a pause in Dad's conversation with Grandma Lila about the hanging baskets on her porch. Grandma Lila, I have to tell you something, I said. Dad put his hand on my shoulder. It felt solid and nice there. I hadn't expected him to come with me, but I was glad that he had. He made me feel braver. A few weeks ago, you and I were sitting here on the porch and I had my camera. I said to Grandma Lila, we were waiting for the other kids to come back from Loon Patrol and I was fooling around taking photos for my photography contest and you showed me your Doris Day movie star look. Grandma Lila smiled. She was my favorite. But I was fighting the urge to throw up. One photo was different than the others. You looked worried in that one. Worried? I should have asked you if it was okay to show it to people, but I didn't do that. I sent it to the photography contest. I just kept thinking what a good photo it was. If we won, Nate and I wanted to use the money to get you out on the lake to see the loons. I guess I thought if we were doing it for a good reason, that made it okay. She held out her hand. Well, let me see. See what? Let me see the photo, she said. You don't want to see it, I heard Nate say from inside the house. Well, of course I do, Grandma Lila said. She didn't put her hand down, so I took my camera out of my pocket and scrolled backward to the photo of her sitting up very straight in the porch rocking chair, holding the teacup in her hands eyes full of panic. I held my breath, handing my camera to her. I'm sorry. What happened? She asked, looking at it. I didn't know how much to tell her. I gave you the teacup to hold, and you said it wasn't yours. You got upset until I said it was mine. I'm not well, Grandma Lila said softly. Don't say that. Nate said. I looked over to see him standing on the other side of the screen door. But if I can't say it, 
I have to go through it all alone. Grandma Lila held the camera closer to look carefully at the screen. My eyes look scared. I know, I said, dropping my gaze to the porch flat boards. I shouldn't. But my hair looks wonderful. I glanced up, surprised to see her smiling. Did it win the contest? Runner-up, I said. Maybe runner-up, Dad said. Just because my editor said yes doesn't mean it's decided. Grandma Lila, if Lucy wins, the photo will go in a magazine. Lots of people will see it. You and your family need to decide if that's okay with you. And I have to decide if it's okay with me that my daughter entered. I'm the judge. Well, it's not your picture, Grandma Lila said. No, Dad said, but people might think... Oh, people will think what they think, Grandma Lila said. Don't ever choose the people who don't matter over the ones who do. I didn't know that you could choke on air, but Dad did. I never had my photo in a magazine, Grandma Lila said. Have I, Nate? No, he opened the screen door. At least I don't think so. She laughed. I'll be just like Doris Day. She was in all the magazines. I hadn't noticed the scrapbook in Nate's hand until he laid it in her lap. Lucy made this for you. For me? Oh, thank you, dear. Turning the pages, she smiled at the photos of the loons, the view at the top of Cherry Mountain, Nate skipping the rock and the photo he took of me in the kayak. Underneath my photo, I'd written, Lucy of the Loons. So you'll remember me, I said. Well, I can't promise that, she replied softly as she turned the pages. Chapter 23 a closer look. The next day, I walked over to join Nate and Emily and Grandma Lila on the dock for Loon Patrol. Nate didn't look up as he filled out the form for today's weather and lake conditions. We hadn't really made up, and it didn't look like we were about to. We can't go yet, I said. We have to wait. Why, Emily said. Did you forget something? Nope. Couldn't help grinning. But Grandma Lila needs to put on sunscreen and get her binoculars and maybe bring a sweater. It might be windy in the middle of the lake. That made Nate look up from the form. I pointed down the shore to the pontoon boat heading our way. Dad was driving and Mom held on to Ansel's collar as he stood on the seats barking to see me. My parents loaned me the prize money ahead and we've rented this for the whole day, I said. So, Grandma Lila, you're coming on Loon Patrol. In fact, you can go out on the lake as many times as you want today. Emily clasped her hands together. What a great idea, Lucy! Nate gave a small smile, handing Grandma Lila the clipboard. We'll need this. Dad said we have enough room for eight people, I said, so we can all go on this time, and we have room for two more. Everyone else can take turns. 
I'll go get my parents, Emily said, taking off for the cottage, and I'll grab your binoculars and sweater, Grandma Lila. A boat ride? Oh, how nice, she said, like it was something that might happen any day. On the other hand, Mr. and Mrs. Bailey looked very surprised to see a pontoon boat tied up at their dock as they came down the lawn towards the beach a few minutes later. But they seemed even more shocked to see Grandma Lila sitting in one of the forward seats. Hurry up or you'll miss the boat, Grandma Lila laughed at her own joke. Grandma Lila, do you want to sit back here under the canopy? Dad said, you'll be out of the sun and you won't get any spray. No, she said, I want to be right here where the action is. Nate, Grandma Lila, Emily, Ansel, and I sat on the pontoon boat's two long vinyl cushioned benches facing each other at the front. Next to me, there was a sink and a little refrigerator. In the middle of the boat, Dad sat at the wheel. Beside him and, bes and beside him, Mom and the Baileys spread out on more rows of seats. Morgan and Mason will be mad that they went to town with Aunt Pat and missed this, Emily said across from me. We have the boat all day, I said, so they can have a turn this afternoon. I want to ask someone else, too. Megan and I might not ever be good friends, or even just good summer friends, but when we got back, I was going to walk over to her cottage and invite her, because maybe we both wanted to try, and sometimes people are like shooting photos. It takes a bunch of misses before something good happens. Dad started the boat, and I could smell the fuel as he backed up. Then he turned the bow towards the water, and I leaned against the seat, listening to the low rumble of the engine as we cut slowly across the lake. It's like a floating living room, Grandma Lila called over the sound of the engine. Can we go faster? Dad nodded. You bet. As he increased the speed, spray flew off the sides of our wake fanned out behind us. I reached my arm over the side, trying to touch the water droplets jumping into the air. Ansel liked this better than kayaking, I said to Nate, hoping that he'd say something back, but he just stared out over the water. Out in the middle, the wind was stronger, sweeping my hair across my nose every time I turned my head. I faced forward again to get my hair back to the sides. People were talking. Grandma Lila was looking ahead. Can we go over there? She asked, pointing to the cove where the loons had built their nest. We can go anywhere you want, Dad said. I took a few photos for Nate to add to Grandma Lila's scrapbook, but then I put my camera away. It was hard not to capture everything, but after a little while, something amazing happened. I simply saw it, not to share, not to capture, just to live what was around me. The wind makes you feel completely alive, doesn't it? Grandma Lila asked, smiling. Nate leaned across to whisper something to me. I tipped my head towards him and braced myself in case he was still mad. Thanks for this, he said. She's having a great time. Nate, I'm sorry, I said. I don't like to think about her getting worse, he said close to my ear. I'm afraid she'll forget me someday. I opened my mouth to tell him it would be all okay, but I didn't know what would happen, and neither did he. Well, she remembers today, I whispered. He nodded. 
Today, she does. In the cove, the water looked greener. As we moved, the clouds reflected the surface of the lake and appeared it to be moving, racing with the spray off the sides of our boat. We saw a great blue heron, a, can a Canada goose, and lots of ducks. Where are our loons? Grandma Lila asked. I didn't know what would happen when Grandma Lila only saw one little loon, but I planned to go along with anything Nate told her. Dad slowed the boat until we were only floating. Waves echoed under the boat. Does anyone see them? He asked. And there they were, a trio of dark heads above the water. Oh, they're so beautiful, Grandma Lila said. And there's one of the babies. Where's the other one? Does anyone see it? I waited for Nate to say the second chick was hiding or diving, but he leaned towards her. Grandma Lila, something sad happened, and there's only one chick now. I felt like my heart stopped beating as Grandma Lila said, No, we have two this year. We wrote it down. There were two, Nate said gently, but a bald eagle came and he took one. An eagle? Grandma Lila put her hand to her throat. That can't be right. We never had eagles on the lake. I know, Nate said, but we had this. We had one this year. Lucy saw him. Our poor baby. Grandma Lila's eyes filled with tears. I swallowed hard. This boat trip was supposed to make her happy, not make her cry. I'm so sorry, I said. The loons tried really hard. They dove and dove, and I tried to scare the eagle, but he just didn't give up. I've never seen an eagle in real life, only in pictures. Was he beautiful? She asked. Beautiful? I looked in her eyes, still wet with tears. The eagle had done something so awful that I hadn't seen anything else. Was he beautiful? Well, I, I guess so. He was horrible and beautiful together. She nodded, wiping her eye with the side of her finger. Write that down, Nate. I will. As Nate filled out the survey form, Dad steered the boat deeper into the cove. The male loons swam in the water on one side of the boat, and the female and the baby one on the other. They didn't seem at all upset that we were there, but they called to each other, checking in. They're saying hello to you, I said to Grandma Lila. She shook her head. No, they're telling me goodbye. I opened my mouth to say no, but she stopped me. Goodbye isn't the worst thing in the world. Sometimes it's just simply time to go. We stayed there a long time, just floating, watching the loons diving. Every time they popped up again, Grandma Lila smiled. There they are, do you see them? I can get us a little closer, but not closer than 150 feet, Dad said. I saw that poster at the marina. I glanced over to find him grinning at me, and my heart felt warm and full. When we finally headed back to the dock, I was tired of sitting sideways, so I turned around and knelt on the seat, holding onto the rail. Nate slid his hand along the boat rail until the side of his finger touched the side of mine. I expected him to move it, but he left it there. 
Do you remember when we climbed Cherry Mountain and I said how we wished we could freeze a day and keep that day always? He asked. I nodded. This is my day, he said. On the morning Nate left to go home for the winter, I stood in our driveway with Ansel in my arms and waved goodbye. I was trying to look happy, but my heart felt as empty as their cottage would be when their van drove away. Bye, Lucy, Nate said through the open window. I'll email and text you and stuff, okay? Sure, I said, though I knew when he got home he'd be busy with his regular friends and his regular life. Bye, Lucy, Morgan yelled. Bye, Ansel, Megan added. I picked up Ansel's paw and waved it to them. Bye. Lucy of the loons, Grandma Lila called out the window. Don't forget me when you go. I didn't tell her that she was the one that was leaving and that I would remember her long after she did. I'll keep track of the loons until you come back, Grandma Lila. I've never been here in the fall to see them leave, she said, or seen them come back in the spring. They're always here when I arrive and they leave the lake after I've gone. Wish them a safe journey for me. I will, I promised, waving and waving as their van drove away. Chapter 24 Hope At the end of October, after the red, orange, and yellow leaves had fallen and all the tourists had gone, it was so quiet you could hear the waves on the beach even before you saw the lake. It was a nice sound, always there. I leaned my brand new bike against the side of Nate's empty cottage porch. All around the lake, there were reminders of summer people. Cottages had their shades down like sleeping eyes. Wharves and docks had been pulled up on the lawns. Rowboats were upside down, tied to trees or snug against the sides of cottages. Nate's family's kayaks lay piled up under their porch. Every afternoon when I got home from school, I'd check for baby one, always afraid he'd leave while I was gone and I'd miss saying goodbye. And every time I heard him, I was relieved. Still here. It made me happy as every time I turned on my phone and there was another text from Nate, he'd already sent to sent for today already. I'm glad your dad bought bikes. Can I borrow his next year? We can go on some trails. Cafeteria food stinks. I'd wish they'd serve no mores. GL had the scrapbook open to your photo today. How come summer takes so long to come back? Is the little loon still there? It must be getting cold. The late day autumn sun was bright, throwing long shadows, but not strong enough to warm the air. As I headed for the lake, my own shadow stretched out over the sand, a small body with legs as long as stilt walker. The lake looked different in the fall too. 
the town had opened the dam wide to drop the water level to allow for next spring's melting. Suddenly, there's a new beach, soft and gooey with light green pond weeds, the gucky things I touched on the bottom last summer. As I stepped closer, my foot stuck in the cold, squishy mud. I yanked it out, my footprint immediately filling with water. Please don't be here, baby one. I knew he had to leave before the lake froze, but he didn't have to leave yet, not today. I turned on my camera zoom so I could use it to scan the lake for that dark head, his neck snake-like above the water. There he was, out in the middle of the lake. I let my breath go with relief. His bill opened, calling, I'm here, where are you? But no answer came. A few weeks ago, the two adult loons had taken to the sky, their wings flapping furiously as they circled the lake together. They're leaving, I screamed to baby one, go with them. But he just kept swimming, calling as the adults flew off over the trees without him. Don't worry, the lady at the Loon Preservation Committee office had said when I called, barely able to get the words out to explain that he'd been left behind. The adults often leave for the ocean first. The young loon is on his own now. In a few weeks, he'll go too. But how will he know where to go? I asked. He's never been to the ocean before. We don't understand how they know, she said, but they just do. This time, watching him through my camera, I knew something was different. He kept stretching his wings over and over, getting ready. I could barely breathe as he started running on the water. Faster and faster, his feet slapped the surface, his wings pumping. I took one photo and then put my camera down wanting to share our last seconds without anything between us. He took to the air, pumping his wings hard. Leaving the water behind him, he circled the lake to gain speed. Safe journey, I called to him. From Grandma Lila and me. And there was nothing but sky. Tears slid down my face. Would he really know where to go? And even if he did, so many miles and dangers stood between him going to the sea and coming back to find his own territory one day. Would he make it? Sometimes you don't get an answer, though. Sometimes, I hope so, is the only answer you get. All the loons have gone, I texted Nate. Tell Grandma Lila I wish them a safe journey for her. I'll let the LPC know. But I couldn't push send. That would make it over. As I stood next to Nate's empty cottage, a whole winter stretched ahead. School was going okay, and the kids had been nicer than I expected, especially a girl named Maddie from the other side of the lake who rode the bus with me. But just knowing I wouldn't hear the loons or see them again for months, or maybe ever, made me incredibly lonely. I imagined baby one in the sky seeing the world as I'd seen it from on top of Cherry Mountain, blue upon blue mountains ahead, the carpet of trees below, 
the long curling rivers between the lakes and somewhere far ahead that huge ocean. It must take some courage to fly, to trust the wind to hold you as it lifts you away from all you've ever known, to know inside that you're heading where you've been meant to go, even if you've never been there before. And that, I hope so, will be enough to get you there. I'm here. Where are you? I typed finishing my text and pushed send. Turning towards home, I had barely walked my bike across our driveway when my phone chimed an answer. Just two words, but all Nate needed to say. I'm here.